And in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Real Investment Property Income Podcast. We are uh, in the midst of rebranding slightly, but uh, welcome to another episode of the Real Investment in Property Income Podcast. My name is Jeff Eady. I am uh, joined today by one of my favorite people, the spam filter to my email, one of Canada's top mortgage brokers, Mr. Jonathan Tilger. Jonathan, how are you today? I'm laughing about spam filter to email. I like that one. I really like that one. <laughs> I don't deal with all the crap, do I? And you get the good stuff. Is that how it goes? I made it just a, a little, little bit nerdy. I figured you'd catch on to that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to call you the spam to my email, but uh, the spam filter is better because you keep out all of the things that I don't want to know. And, and, and the, the spam to your email, that means I just harass you and send you all kinds of stuff you don't want. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Ah, anyhow, Jonathan, how are you today? You good? I'm, I'm phenomenal. Yourself? I'm always great. Every day above ground is a good day, my friend. And today we are joined by one of our team members from the in-house mortgage team, Mr. Brett Andrew Nesbitt. Brett, how are you today? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on here. A uh, little disappointed I didn't get an intro like JT, but I'll take it. <laughs> Hey, you got your middle name. You got your middle name. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Brett has a uh, a background working for uh, I want to say Home Trust. You're wrong again, Jeff. <laughs> first, first National and Community Trust. Community Trust, yes, and uh, it has joined our team. Well, I guess about six months ago now. Yeah, just about that. Yeah, yeah, just about that. And uh, yeah, we're super excited to have you on here, Brett, because you were on here once uh, uh, some time ago when uh, you were working for Community Trust, if I'm not mistaken. I was just in between uh, in between the switch. I just left uh, First National and and uh, en route to Community Trust. So, uh, yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, well, hey, thanks for thanks for coming back. It's always always appreciated. Um, but uh, also, we get to see you on a much more regular basis now, so it's fantastic. At least three times a week, I think I see your beautiful face, <laughs> and um, you know it, it's fitting because this is a really good one. Having worked inside of two of the major monoline lenders in Canada, two of the biggest actually, um, you also know this subject. Today, we're talking about knowing the true cost. Since it's our one year anniversary, a little bit late. We're, uh, we're, we're revisiting our most popular topic, our first podcast, Knowing the True Cost. So where do we start? Gentlemen, this is a very broad topic, um, and you may or may not disagree, but I, you know, the way I look at it, there are four types of mortgages that we have available in Canada, the A lenders, the banks, B lenders, monoline trust companies, things like that, C uh, which would be our private regulated mortgages in the mortgage investment trust and mortgage investment corporation areas. And then, of course, there's the Wild West, the true private mortgage, which those fees can get a little bit crazy. Why don't we start at the top? And, you know, this is Jonathan, what is like the perfect client for a bank? <laughs> Uh, well, who, and I'll just, I'll just say a lenders. I'm going to add a little bit to what you said about a lenders. Cause you said a lenders, the banks, you classified all monolines as, as sort of B uh, when in fact, there are a lot of, a lot of, uh, monoline lenders who play, who are in the A space. See spam filter. Yes. And so, <laughs> and so with, 
way to bring it back to the beginning. Good job. Good yes. job. <laughs> it's uh, well, it, it was always one of those rules of improv. You, when you see something that seems improvised and it seems absolutely brilliant is when they pull it back and they pull something from the beginning and they pull it back. Same with comedians, <laughs> same with everything else. When they can pull it back to the beginning, that's when you know it's brilliant. So well done. Well done, sir. But yeah, uh, I would like to do stand up at some point. <laughs> Well, as, as you say with everything else, hey, if you want to do it, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, 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 we're getting sidetracked here, aren't we? <laughs> Which we tend to do sometimes. That kind of a day, brother. That kind of a day. But, but what, uh, what, what I was saying about, about the monoline lenders, there are monoline lenders who are B for sure, but there are also monoline lenders, many of them, for instance, First National, who Brett worked for, who is an A lender. And oh. I will just say that, that they do what they do so well that one of the big banks has actually taken on first national to take care of a lot of their underwriting and and uh so that rhyme was cd uh <laughs> I, I i am i am not gonna gonna confirm any of that part there i will just say that it's one of one of the banks is doing that just just because they say hey there's an efficiency in what they're doing because that's all they do what's the difference between a monoline lender and a bank Basically, a bank obviously has multiple products. Monoline, it's called Monoline because essentially that's what they do. They are just one product only, which is strictly mortgage financing. They, but they, they, they have might different have offerings within that. They, they, well, they could. They, well, they'll have their different terms as far as a one-year, two-year, three-year fixed variable and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them could be both A and B, but there are some that are strictly, hey, we're strictly an A lender. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's always your A plus C minus B plus sort of things where you hit you hit the the the, the gray areas in between, right? Yeah. You, well, as with everything, you sort of have your I'll say you've got your AAA, and back to your original question, which is what type of what type of uh, client who's an ideal client for an A lender, be it a bank or a an A monoline lender. It's really they've got solid income be it employed or self-employed, but they've got confirmable solid income, uh, solid credit, and they've got some sort of down payment. And I say some sort because it could be the minimal 5% or they could have more of a down payment, but generally that's who the aid lenders and, and the banks, that's who they want. They, they want clients with good income, good credit. That is such a vanilla way of saying somebody with a pension, a regular job that they're go-to every week, uh, like a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer. A government employee <laughs> or, or or somebody who is self-employed and and i will just say shows their stuff on their books is <laughs> 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 it, not overly aggressive with what they're writing off <laughs> gee you don't see that at all do you <laughs> <laughs> you okay, actually so do see a lot there's a lot of people in that category i was being facetious jonathan <laughs> turn the pants turn the spam filter off now come on that was a joke <laughs> Anywho, Brett, you've been awful quiet over there. It's just funny. It's just funny listening to you two uh, bicker back and forth. We've been doing it for a year. Used to it. We've been doing it for a year. We're becoming an old married couple. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do talk to you more often than anyone else in my life. <sighs> so let's talk about uh, that perfect scenario. Um, that perfect triple A customer, what kind of, well, first of all, in setting up the mortgage, are there fees to go speak with say a broker or a bank? No, there's, there's no fees as far as, as far as speaking with anybody. Yeah. And essentially, so I'll just talk about myself as a broker and, 
And the bank experience would be similar. The difference is that I can sort of guide between multiple lenders versus a single lender. But as far as speaking with me to find out, hey, what options are there? What do we need to set things up? There's no fees for that one there. That's mm-hmm. really my job as a broker to help guide and, and set up mortgage financing for a client. Generally speaking, if you're going to qualify through an A lender, and that's bank or non-bank, there is no fees for that. The, the, on, the only fee you may encounter would be an appraisal. That would be the extent of it. That mm-hmm. is usually somewhere, for most properties, somewhere three to $500. If you're doing like a, a really high-end properties, it may be a little bit more, or a property that's a little, a little more remote because there's travel for the appraiser. Again, a little bit more. Commercial is totally different. Yeah, commercial is <laughs> a different beast altogether. <clears throat> So, um, well, first of all, you know what, let, let, let's address the elephant in the room. If you don't charge fees for setting up a mortgage or consulting with somebody, how do you get paid? I get paid by the lenders for, for, with a lenders, I get paid by the lenders. So kind of like any general sales position, only you're independent, whoever you bring them to, they pay you a sales commission. That's correct. More or less. Okay, cool. Now, moving on. Uh, no fees to set it up. What happens at closing? What kind of fees can somebody expect? Except for, of course, the possibility of an appraisal beforehand. Um, what kind of closing fees should somebody be looking for? Well, that's where you're gonna, yeah, you're going to be looking at, at your, your legal fees. And this is going to depend whether it's a, a purchase or a refinance. With the purchase, obviously, there'll, there'll be additional legal fees for title transfers, those types of things. Uh, they will do a uh, what title insurance uh, which I think title insurance is around three to 400. Don't quote me on that. I don't, uh, but, uh, but, and you'll you have the probably title always insurance. get title insurance. Well, here, here's, here's uh, the easy way I've had it put. If you don't want to pay for title insurance, then what needs to happen is your lawyer has to go through and run all these countless searches to confirm the title is clean. That will cost you way more than title insurance costs you. So the title insurance is kind of the cheap way to get that part done. Yeah, fair. <laughs> so sorry uh to, so lawyer legal costs what would neighbor be a ballpark it three to four uh, percent on a well it's it's gonna it's more you'll have land transfer tax that's more a percentage as mm-hmm. far as the the legal fee the legal fee is usually arranges around on a purchase around 12 to 1200 to two thousand dollars mm-hmm. that's the legal fee by itself uh, refinance, it's usually around 800 to, to 1200. It will obviously vary based on the lawyer and so forth, based on mm-hmm. areas. Um, as you say, if there's, if there's something complex that needs to happen, uh, something different things that can come up where the lawyer might have to do some additional work, but that's, that's different stuff. But if you're just talking about just the, Hey, register the title and, and, uh, and register the mortgage in those ranges. Mm-hmm. And then land transfer tax, well, that's, that's a percentage. And that one's on a sliding scale based on uh, similar to income tax where the higher, higher the value of the property, then the percentage increases a little bit. So what's your total look that you're looking at for closing costs there? Ballpark. Ball, ballpark. Uh, what, what the lenders usually like to see is you've got one and a half percent available for closing costs. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that, that's not necessarily going to be, obviously, if you're, if you're buying a $2 million property, it's going to be higher as a percentage. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the legal fee will be lower as a percentage, but the land transfer will be higher as a percentage. If you're buying a, 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 a smaller property, especially if you're a first-time buyer, uh, it, the land transfer tax could, could be negligible. Mm-hmm. 
And what about uh, what about CMHC? So let's say somebody only has five percent down. I know I, we're not going to run into the debate whether you should wait or not because we've run the math on that a million times, and waiting costs you more. But uh, what can somebody expect for for a CMHC charge, and how does it get charged? So it's going to depend on your down payment. Like for instance, five uh, percent down. If you're if five percent down, the the total cost CMHC would be four percent plus mm-hmm. PST plus provincial sales tax. Four percent of the total mortgage. Of the total mortgage, yes. Plus PST on the mortgage on, itself, or on, on the insurance? on the fee. So, so, so let's just, let's, so $500,000. <laughs> yeah. So, so and it's, and that's the only part that's out of pocket. The rest is built into your mortgage. It's, it's a strange one there. You got to play, you got to pay the PST on oh, that's weird. Yeah. So what happens? <laughs> so let, let's, let's just say we're dealing with a $500,000. I'll just say $500,000 mortgage. Keep number simple. 4% of that's $20,000. And then you'll have your 8% PST. So the $20,000 will get built into your mortgage. So you're actually repaying 520,000 mm-hmm. and the, the 8% on the 20,000. So that would be 4,000. Oh, I had it. I yeah. had it. Well, eight, how much? Eight, well, so, no, no, it's not 4,000. It's 400 bucks. Yeah. That's it on 20,000. No. 8%, 8% on, on 20,000 would be 8% on 10,000 would be 800, 1600 bucks. Well, my, 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 yeah, six, yeah, my math is off. To what? Right. Yeah. What? So you look what? at that. You, I you, beat you in you, math. You can, you can be my spam filter too sometimes. <laughs> Whoa. I can't believe I just outmathed you. <laughs> you outmathed me. My, my, my hat goes off. My, I, I bow to you, sir. <laughs> be still my beating heart. <laughs> That's incredible. You're like a calculator, and I, I, wow. So, so yeah, that so that sixteen hundred get then gets uh, that's the part where it will be a out of pocket expense reaction to cash for that part there. I'm sorry, I'm still a little shocked I could do that math. Period. I'm just trying to move on here. Let me move on. <laughs> okay, so now we've got the mortgage. Um, are there fees associated with carrying that? Sorry, carrying. We're carrying the mortgage. Is there any like any yearly payments you have to make other than the mortgage payment itself, or like just like kind of like a credit card? I'm just just asking weird. Yeah. Questions. So so it's just it's just the again a, a lenders. It would just be your your monthly payments. Just your monthly payments for yeah, so, however long. Yeah. So the only thing so you you've got the mortgage for a, a term. Mm-hmm. Let's just say it's a five year mortgage. So at the end of the five years or you sell the property. So if, so at the end of the five years, you, let's just say you pay the, the mortgage off the end of five years, you would have a, a discharge administration fee. Mm-hmm. How so much is that? any, any time you are sort of getting rid of, or just being paying off the mortgage in full transfer it to another lender, there's this administration fee, mm-hmm. which is around, it will depend, but it's usually around three to $500. And if you stay with them, there's no administration fee. That's correct. Yes. Okay. How about, and this is this is my favorite, mortgage penalties. Dun, dun, dun. So let's say you're three years into a five-year on an A lender. What's the, what, A, what are the fees? And B, how do you avoid that? All right. This, this, this is the one that's always fun. And this, this is the one I like to always. Here's a can of worms. Can you open that for us? Yeah. <laughs> but th- this. I'll say that I've seen people fight 
tooth and nail to save like 0.05% of their mortgage. Like, no, you I know need what? this one here. And, sure. and yet they- Good point, because we actually talked about all these fees and haven't even talked about uh, um, rates, more, yes. uh, the, the interest rate. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but very interesting. So, I mean, obviously you hold the mortgage for several years, your biggest cost is going to be the interest, flat out. Uh, but, but as I was saying, I've seen people fight like crazy, like tooth and nail to save 0.05% or 0.03% on their interest rate. And yet they don't read the fine print of what it's going to cost them if they need to break the mortgage. <laughs> and, and, the, and the big thing is, is that mortgage penalties are, this is one of these, it's not created equally between the lenders mm -hmm. and can be significantly different. Uh, I mean, for instance, I've seen situations where if they went to one lender, the, the penalty would be like at that three-year point, they break it. And it's going to vary based on what's happened. But the penalty at one lender would be, let's just call it 1%. Penalty at the other lender would be 5%. That's a so massive on, difference. <laughs> so on the $500,000 mortgage, the penalty with one lender would be $5,000. The penalty the other lender would be $25,000. Huh. And yet they, they, so that's what I'm saying. People fight tooth and nail on the rate and the rate's important. Don't get me wrong. The rate is important, but it's very important to understand the other terms of this mortgage and what it could end up costing you should you need to break the mortgage. And to give you an idea, 0.05% on a $500,000 mortgage, it's about $250 a year. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, 0 0.05. Point, 0.05%. It's usually the difference you're looking at, 0 0.05 to maybe 0.1% on difference rate one lender to another Pennywise, pound foolish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I, I, I blame that on a lot of the mortgage companies out there, whether it's a bank or, or monoline or whatever, even mortgage uh, broker companies uh, have a lot of advertising around rate. That's all they really advertise. And uh, a lot of times, especially when you see their posted rate, that's based on the perfect AAA client. That is not you. <laughs> In most cases, certainly not me. Um that's uh it's a it's i don't want to say false advertising because it's true but it's uh it's the wrong thing i think that they're advertising they're all competing on that rate when they really should be talking about hey we know all of the other variables that make sure you don't get screwed by your mortgage company yeah so so back to your question at uh a few minutes ago about how <laughs> do they actually calculate these penalties and, and where does that come in and this, this is where it will vary lender to lender. So let's just, I'll just talk a, a variable rate mortgage to start with, because generally speaking, variable rate, and this is across the board, most variable rates are three months interest only. Mm -hmm. So it makes it, makes it plain and simple. You've got a rate of, uh, let's make, let's make uh, my math simple here. You've got a rate of 4% on the, on the variable rate, three months interest, just divide three months interest would be 1%. So you'd have a 1% penalty to break that mortgage. Uh, now, where it comes in and where it changes is if you've got a fixed rate mortgage. And this is where the terminology is the, either the greater of three months interest or what they term as the interest rate differential. Ooh, we've been over this before, but let's do it again. And the, the interest rate differential 
I'll, I'll just go through and give you a little background of why the interest rate dif differential is in play. And a perfect example is what's been happening the last few years in our markets where interest rates have fallen. So someone's got a rate, let's just say they got a rate three years ago of 4%. I can get a rate now of 2%. Well, I break my 4% mortgage and lock in at the rate of 2%. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I said, hey, I want to get the 4% fixed rate mortgage because it gives me security. Rates fall. Well, I'm going to break that mortgage now and get a lower rate. So essentially, who loses? Well, the lender who securitized money to make all that happen, to give you that fixed rate, to give you the security. So essentially, it's to compensate them for that falling rate and that happening. So that's, that's where it came in. So every lender, if rates have fallen, you will be hit with an interest rate differential. Now, where the difference comes in is there are some lenders who will say, well, great. Well, we gave you a rate of, I'll just say, I'll just use 3% here. We gave you a rate of 3%. However, at the time we set it up, our posted rate, and there are certain lenders who have posted rate, banks, um, our posted rate <laughs> was actually 5%. So we gave you a discount from the posted of 2%. So we need to take that into account. You've got two years remaining. The rates have remained flat and are still 3%. But because we gave you this 2% discount for those two years, we've got to charge you that 4% penalty. <laughs> so so the, the, this is where it's important to read the fine print and understand these things because they're, they're pretty vague. And really, you want it to be placed in common language that you can understand so with and, the variable mortgage it was about a thousand bucks one percent with an interest rate differential let's say they're both five-year mortgages you're breaking at year three you're going to yes. get charged two years of four percent a month two, two years of two percent so that would 2%. be a four percent fee Pot potentially four percent wow that's a crazy difference and and, and what what drives me crazy is that I mean, the person who's setting up your mortgage, they should be able to explain to you in plain, in plain language of how the, how the penalty is calculated. Some of the things I've heard, I've heard people being explained. Well, it's just calculated the standard way, <laughs> which means what? Or my, one of my favorite through, uh, I'll just say one of the banks of how they actually worded it. Well, it's the difference between the rate and a rate for a comparable term outstanding. Okay, well, what is the rate? They, they haven't said it's different between your discounted rate or the posted rate. They're saying the rate. Well, well what's the rate? Well, we can determine that later. <laughs> you know what? This just goes back to a conversation we had just before we started recording here. Um, these things upset me. I don't... Um, we were just talking to one of our friends, Art, and... Uh, he was talking about the CRA and, and I you know, suggested that never talk to the CRA. Your accountant should be talking to the CRA for you. And a lot of people don't look at it that way. You know, a lawyer, you would never let, you would never go. Well, most people would never go talk to the court on their own. Um, they want a lawyer to represent them. Same with the, you know, you're dealing with the CRA. You want a, an accountant to represent you because they know more. That's their specialty. And I would think personally, when you're, talking to a, a bank or somebody who's going to lend you money the one with the gold always makes the rules 
but you might want to use somebody who understands the rules to help you set that up. You know, I, I look at that, you know, it's a totally different mindset than most people, but I want a mortgage broker to talk to the banks for me so that I don't have to do that. And I'm fairly well versed in mortgages, but uh, I would rather have you do it than me. Cause you know, uh, you know, the rate I am. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sign it. See you no, in five it, years. It, it, it comes down to, as you say, it comes down to understanding the rules and that's, that's what it really comes down to. You want someone who's guiding you can understand the rules and can explain them to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I mean, there's fundamentals that you, you just, inherently know when you look at something you can tell right away whether it's a good thing or a bad thing um so that's it for fees i think on a first mortgage i think we've covered every or on on an a lender sorry first mortgage i think we've covered everything on that and now i may have just opened up a whole other world of variables with firsts and seconds but we're not going to go down that route uh (laughs) well not totally let's talk about b lenders what's the big difference with with your b class lenders b class lenders well, first of all, when would you use a B lender? B lenders are usually uh, one of two scenarios. Either it's a credit issue. Mm-hmm. So someone who's had some past credit issues, they need to reestablish their credit. Or it's, I'll say, an income issue. Generally speaking, somebody who's newer self-employed doesn't necessarily have the all the income or not showing all the income needed for an A lender. Mm-hmm. So they're usually great for usually a couple of years. Generally speaking... B lenders, B lenders for most clients, if they, if they take the right steps, be it to repair credit, or uh, obviously, hey, you're starting a business, you can't qualify A today, assuming your business is growing and your, your, uh, your cash flows are growing, in a couple of years, you should be able to qualify A side. So I usually look, B should usually typically be a one to two year strategy. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you want to go long term? Do you want to lock into a rate that's uh, that's significantly higher when if you do the steps with the with the A for one or two years and then be able to qualify on the A side? Don't get sassy with me, princess. I just I just put it back <laughs> as a question. Which which one makes more sense? Um, so what what would be like the interest rate difference there? Um, let's talk. Obviously, you can't get it. You can't say this is absolutely the rate because it changes every day and by by qualification type, but. Let's say a regular mortgage right now is around 3%, give or take. Actually, probably lower than that still. Yeah, so so B are usually starting about a percent to a percent and a half higher. Oh, okay. okay yeah, and that, that's, for, that's not for a comparable term. If you're talking like a five-year term to a five-year term, then it'd be probably two, two and a half percent higher. Mm-hmm. But if you just look, okay, a, a one-year term with a B is usually about a percent to a percent and a half higher than a five-year with an A. Okay, that's fair. And obviously your strategy is always to help somebody get back to an A lender. Exactly. Let me ask you, um, are there any other fees that would be associated with a B lender, uh, especially in the closing that wouldn't be with an A lender? Yes. So what you're going to have fees on a B lender. Uh, So, I mean, you'll have the appraisal fee. It's usually a little bit more, uh, I said that the appraiser are usually about three to $500. The B appraisers are actually usually more to the $500 range, whereas A's are usually more in the three to 350 <laughs> range. <laughs> so the, the appraisal is a little bit more. Uh, you're still going to have legal, still going to have that, all that stuff there. The, the big difference is you're going to have typically with, an, with a B lender, you're going to have a, a lender fee and a broker fee. 
Okay. So the B lenders are going to charge you a fee, usually around 1%, and you'll probably get a fee, a broker fee of, uh, as well of around 1%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, any other differences you should be looking about uh, at the mortgage discharge time? Uh, so the B actually, as far as their penalties, usually, usually, and this is another reason why you want a shorter term with the B. Because usually if you go into a one-year term or two-year term, if you actually go through all the terminology with it, the interest for the entire term is usually what would be charged if you need to break it. Sorry, so say you, that again. <laughs> so if, 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 you, if you take, it, it's not quite this way, but it's close to like, if you take a one-year term and you break it six months in, mm-hmm. pretty much uh, pretty much the, the interest for the full term, it'll be close to that that will be due. That's another okay. reason why you don't want to do a longer term with a B. Yeah, that makes sense. We expected this at the beginning. We still want it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's uh, very similar to an A lender. And I mean, both of those are really based on the borrower's ability to pay it back, right? That's what they're looking for for qualifications. Exactly. The, and- the big difference <clears throat> if you just look qualification, B would look at, for instance, cash flow that someone's showing in their business account. Whereas A is saying, no, we need to show what you're actually reporting to CRA. Mm, fair fair <laughs> uh and then let's talk about my favorite area c c lenders uh true private more well not true private um they are private mortgage pooled mortgage corporations and mortgage uh, mortgage investment corporations mortgage investment trust mix and mitts um you want to talk about the key differences first like real quick about b and c uh, so with B, B, B is still a lot more strictly regulated, meaning that, uh, that uh, I mean, I don't know all the government bodies that would necessarily audit them, but, but they are being looked at by the regulators who are saying, hey, uh, we, need to, we need to understand your justification of why you gave this person this mortgage. Essentially, everything I'm seeing with a lot of the regulation is CRAs essentially saying, um, how did this person get this mortgage when they show no money? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's so, so B has to really, they've got regulators looking at them a lot more closely and they got to justify why, what the rationale was, why this person qualified. So if they're saying, Hey, we, this person makes 150,000, they need to show something that justifies that. Can you do uh, CMHC on uh, B lenders? No, no. Eh? So you, you got to have 20% down for B. You got to have 20% down. Yes. Important distinction. Okay, so uh, and then C lenders, how does that work? C lenders is uh, they've got a lot more flexibility <laughs> because uh, because they well they they don't have the same uh, the same level of oversight. They do still obviously do have oversight. They got investors answer to their investors, and most of them are very especially your mix are very tightly run because at the end of the day they don't want to lose money. Mm-hmm. but uh, but they don't, they've got more flexibility as far as credit goes. They've got more flexibility as far as income goes, or even if there is income. Mm. So they, they just, so, so just because they've got those different, those different uh, flexibilities, they can do, a, a, they can lend in some different situations. They're looking more at what the equity is. I, I would say um, they are still pretty highly regulated, but um, more for, uh, more for securities dealing and making sure that their their clients are their investors are protected than for their lending practices. 
whereas banks are highly regulated for their lending practices because, well, our whole country depends on them not collapsing. <laughs> yes. And that, that, that's the same with uh, a lot of the B lenders have become a lot more highly regulated for lending practices as well. Mm-hmm. Um, where C lenders, I mean, their, their lending practices, they pretty much set their own parameters, don't they? I mean, they're pretty much all around the same. You'll find, you know, different areas and stuff like that, but they're pretty much more or less all similar in what they look for. Exactly. Yes. Which is how do I get my money back and how do my investors get paid? <laughs> yep, that's, that's the main thing they care, they care about. And the big thing they look at, and this is, this is one thing I like to say that if you look at A versus B, 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 C, or anything else. Mm-hmm. So A, the, there's four, four things the lenders look at. Credit, uh, income, down payment, property. And I like to say A lenders look at it first as credit. What's your credit like? What's your income like? What do they have for down payment? Okay, now we'll look at the property. Mm-hmm. Whereas your B and your private, they start at the bottom. Number one, what's the property? Mm-hmm. Based on the property, how comfortable are we? What do you need for down payment? Mm-hmm. Okay, now we got to ju- now we got to say how is this person going to pay it back? And now the credit, the credit might go back and adjust the down payment, but for the most part, they care about the property first. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about fees associated with private mortgages. Uh, let's start with the appraisal fee. Different, same. It, it's going to be similar to the B. Okay. What other fees can you expect upon closing? Again, so we're obviously legal, land transfer tax. Um, but, 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 what are the other ones? Legal trans, land transfer tax. PST? No, because we don't have to. We can't. Yeah. We cannot get CMAC. Yeah. So you're, you're then going to have your, uh, your lender fee, your broker fee. A uh, lender fee in most private is usually one and a half to 2%. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're doing smaller privates or as you mentioned, second mortgages, it could be higher. And the other one that often comes in is that they will also have another legal fee, which is the lender saying, well, you as the borrower, not only do you pay your legal fee, but you also pay my legal fee to set this up. Mm, fair. So when people hear private mortgages, a lot of time they get scared. Is this a good strategy? Again, it's uh, what's, what's the standard answer that I haven't used in a while? You wear Depends? <laughs> well, it's not I wear them, but it does, it does, it does depend. And th- this, uh, this is where you really have to look at the circumstance and what you're looking to do. I mean, the times where, the times where I mean, I say successfully use private, where it's actually really helped the client. Number one, setting up a, a short-term second or something when they're in some financial distress. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I actually had a situation where someone, because of some circumstances and a lease to own they were involved in, the property had appreciated a lot. And so they had a lot of equity built up in this property. If they didn't close on the mortgage, they'd lose all this equity by, by closing on it and taking possession of the property. And they incurred fees in doing this, but they ended up making a fair bit of money because of, of what they were able to gain in the value of the property. Also, uh, for investors, it makes sense, again, based, based on, hey, here's the criteria you're looking at. If, uh, if things line up where the numbers make sense, then it can be a very good strategy if it helps you to acquire a property that can gain, that can potentially make you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <sighs> very interesting. So definitely more expensive. Uh, interest rates are 8%-ish on a first mortgage. 
kind of mid that's kind of mid-range truly yeah exactly the, i've seen some private nowadays i've seen some private that are maybe four and a half five percent to start with mm -hmm. again based on but they're they're very specific on areas mm -hmm. and also loan to value magenta comes to mind yeah yeah, yeah. And, and if it's hey if it's if you're in the gta there are better options out there better rates on private than if you're down in the ag region just because lenders are more comfortable in the gta um and then about uh and i know the answer to this but as you go along any discharge fees anything like that mortgage breakage fees yes and 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 <laughs> And it will, and it will depend again, depends on what's set up. I've seen situations. I've got one private lender I'm working with right now and they're actually setting up. It's a, a one-year term, but six months after six months, it's fully open. So essentially there'd be no breakage fees after six months. Nice. So there, it comes down to what you're able to negotiate with the lender and it comes and that's going to vary lender to lender. Mm. And, and, one of the things that I've noticed is a lot of mortgage brokers don't know the private space. They only know A and B. Yes. And, and, and at the same time, there are some that only do private and they don't know the A, A, A space. That was totally my specialty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never done a traditional mortgage, but I've worked in the private many times. Um, then they, I guess uh, it, it's interesting because at the end of that, you're really looking, you, you have to have an exit strategy going into one of those. That's, exactly. that's truly the, the, the whole thing is like, here's where we start. Here's where we end. There is an end date and it's A, B, C, or D, but you have to have that strategy because yeah, they are not a good long-term solution. Exactly. If, if you're going in with, well, let's just, uh, let's just go into this and see what happens. Uh, that's, that's key. As you said, it's having the exit strategy when you're starting it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's essential. And then how about the wild west? Yeehaw. Well, the well, you get it. You get into other just private. Hey, my uncle Joe is going to lend me money, or whatever the case is. Uh, but I'll just, I'll just. On top of that, I'm going to just touch on the the least owned space because that's something that's uh, I've been doing a little bit more in that's and learning fair. more about. Because that's kind of it's kind of like because you're not really getting a mortgage at that point there, but at the same time you are incurring costs. And so to understand how those, how that part works and where your costs really are with, with the least own. You know what? I think that's actually one of my favorite moments on the show is when we started that to rent to own or lease to own podcast. And you came in with one, one way of thinking and Nancy, I believe was the, the guest and Nancy explained it. And you're like, Oh, actually I never looked at it that way. Cause everybody I've seen was a crook. <laughs> Yeah, my, my, my intro to that space was the people who were doing the least own. They were basically talking along the lines of, hey, you know what? My whole objective is to get this, have the person pay for the appreciation, pay me the deposits, pay all this stuff here. And at the end of the day, I own the house. Yeah. As opposed to, you know what? It's, it's a means to help somebody really get into a house that, that they love. And just for whatever circumstance today, they can't own, but they do things right. They can secure everything today. So that way in two years, it's their house. Mm -hmm. And they get that feeling of it's their house right away. Yes, exactly. So what can somebody look for in fees there? So there, uh, so first of all, they need to you have open some the can. <laughs> yes, I did. I did. So, so for, first of all, they need to have some sort of down payment. Yeah. And it will, it will range based on generally three to 5%. Yeah, generally. Exactly. 
Thank you. I was about to say I, that. You I beat me to the punch. <laughs> <laughs> I worked in the weird. <laughs> then they're going to pay rent and rent will be based on market rent, but they'll also pay in addition to the rent, which is call it a forced savings plan. So there'll yeah. be money actually set aside every single month with the objective. Again, a least owned company is truly setting up this right to saying, well, we know in two, three years time, here's your buyout price. And based on this, your criteria, we need to have a minimum of this much saved, mm -hmm. be it 10%, be it 15%. So essentially that, call it additional for savings plan should be money set aside that will get you to that minimum down payment you need. Yeah, I think that's a great way to help people who don't understand the credit system, but really want to own a house and they're dedicated to it. Yes. Obviously, there's pitfalls if you're not dedicated to it. Just don't do it. <laughs> but uh, if you are dedicated to it, it's a great solution and it can help. Um, you've seen people that you took. Uh, you said you actually took one from a rent owned situation to a private mortgage and then uh, to refinance into a B. Uh, actually, this uh, probably in a couple of months that that will be the game plan. So that was just done in the spring last year that got them <laughs> in the private one. That's cool. That's really cool. It's nice to see it in action. And so, then, so, so with this, the, the big cost with, uh, with these guys is understanding the fact that, yes, the house is, I'll just say, 500000 today. But what's being built in for your buyout price in two years, three years time, they're going to build in an appreciation value. Mm -hmm. So let's just say the appreciation is 5% is, uh, a year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if it's 5% a year and it's three years, then you're going to be probably buying that house back at 590. Mm. So that is probably one of your biggest costs right there for the investor gives them a set return. Uh, but, but understanding that, yes, you're call it, you're entering the contract for 500, but essentially you're going to be buying it out for 80, $90,000, whatever the number is over and above that in two, three years time. Yeah. Um, and the people that I've worked with that, that are the best at it uh, always have a set appreciation rate for the year. Yes. Uh, I think Gary Hibbert, uh, when he taught me about this first, I believe it was 4% a year. So that they had a purchase price at the end and they saved the money accordingly every month with rent credits. It was very, very interesting. Uh, I, I think it's a great space to play in. It's not as popular right now as it was, say, four or five years ago just the climate's changed but very uh very cool um way for people to get into homes i think it has a lot to do with uh the price of homes going up so much as they have in the last few years it's just yeah you know but really good strategy to know when times change because they inevitably do and, and since we're talking about costs, again, that's, this is where it's important to understand your contract and make sure, especially with these things here, because this is really the Wild West and these ones here. If you are looking mm -hmm. at least to own, really understand that contract. Understand all the clauses because they build in all these clauses where if you're late paying months on rent, suddenly they don't have to honor the sale agreement. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, suddenly all your well, all the rent credits you put in are forfeit. The deposit you put in is forfeit, meaning they retain it. So this is where make sure you understand that contract. If there's mm -hmm. something you're not comfortable about it, then either ask, get it amended, get it whatever else. But the, the contract's key in this one here. I would uh, take that moment to just throw out a plug right there that we do have a rent to own specialist on our team, Nancy Das. 
if you're listening and you're considering that, give her a shout or give Jonathan an email um, just to make sure that uh, you're getting everything done right. Or if you're you really want to get into one, Nancy could help you get set up on that. Sorry, just throwing it out there, JT, because that's uh, a lot of people do look at that option. They have no idea what to do. And yeah. uh, it, it exactly like you said. And I have seen people get really really screwed over by true private mortgage companies. Well, I, you know, I, I hate even calling them companies, wild West mortgage lenders that, uh, that predatory loan to own thing. And the, the government has said they want to crack down on that. And a lot of people don't think understand the space, but it's some guy with a bunch of money that wants to put in a whole bunch of hidden fees on your mortgage and says he's here to help, but really he's here to take your house. That's, and, uh, I'll, and, and I'll say that both lenders as well as there are a lot of mortgage brokers who prey on this space. Mm. And I've seen like huge broker fees for small loans where they think they're getting $50,000, get them out of trouble. And they realize that they're, I mean, a year later, they're having to pay back 90000 because of the fees that were built on. Yep. Yep. I've seen that too. It's just freaking awesome. <laughs> Anywho, um, I think we've covered all the fees that there are to deal with, JT. Any 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 pitfalls that you want to tell people to avoid or, or any tips on saving money long-term on this? It's the main thing is understand the contract, understand the terms, both both the front end and the back end. Going back to the just the call it the A mortgage penalties. Uh, at the end of the day, the mortgage penalty gets charged when the mortgage is discharged, but it's set up when you sign that mortgage contract. Yeah. So you got to understand and, and whoever's helping you set it up should be able to explain it to you in plain English that you can understand. And if they can't, then you may want to talk to somebody else. I will say I've had a number of friends come to me over the years and ask me uh, mortgage questions. And I'm like, I ask them stuff about how they set it up and it, it just seems to be a set it and forget it kind of thing for them. Yeah. They set it up once and they never visit it again. Yeah. Which, which is, it. I mean, really how it should be, but they should understand, okay, if we do this, so that way, I mean, a circumstance comes up and, and you say, well, we're never going to sell the house. Well, there can be circumstances, both good and bad that lead you to need to sell the house. Yeah. Like, let's just say you sit there. Well, obviously things that happen, divorce, divorce, death, all these things on the negative side, but on the positive side, well, guess what? Just got offered the dream job. It happens to be in the South of France. It's a, it's a three-year contract. Have to sell the house to make it work. <laughs> Would you turn that down? Probably not. Okay, you sell the house. Well, what's the penalty going to be? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about that, you know, leaving yourselves out at the end of it is a, a really good thing. Brett, anything you wanted to say? No, it's good. It's good. You guys... Uh... You guys sure know what you're talking about. So it's always uh, it's always good listening in and uh, and and you know, a couple meetings a week is is always good with you guys. Thank you for your lively contribution today. <laughs> <laughs> so said, gentlemen, said, said with only a hint of sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime, Jeff. <laughs> gentlemen, thank you for your time. I appreciate you as always. Um, yeah, I really, it's a good conversation. It's nice to have our one-year anniversary going back to this, JT. Love it. Thanks for joining us again, Brett. And thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, want to know more about this, you can always shoot an email over to Jonathan at IPI. Uh, 
<laughs> IP income. Uh, IP income at a mortgageplan.com. Going to have to change that. Um, as well, you can download uh, one of our books, um, Major Marketing Mistakes for Realtors, Another Dumb Shit to Avoid at GuideToTheGrind.com. Uh, what's the other one? Investment Property Income at InvestmentPropertyIncomeBook.com. You can find our podcast on Spotify, all of that stuff. But really, what we want you to do is join us live here next week. If you go to meetup.com and you go on to Real Investment Property Income, you will find our group. Join the group. Join us live here every Tuesday morning, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, where we will be bringing on guests, talking to you, and doing live Q&As to help people become better investors and better mortgage Better set up with their mortgages. That's that's what I was trying to say. So thank you very much, gentlemen. Have a fantastic day. Thank you. And we will see you soon.